0: The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And we've got some news this week, and some of it is not good. Um, no, and I'm not talking about pushing Tenant and Wonder Woman 2 back a couple of weeks or whatever. That was going to happen. I think we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, because coronavirus round two, sick, yep. it, it, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Or uh actually, you know what, I, I wanted to start with this because this was apparently one of the two biggest stories of the week, which you can tell is kind of a slow week. I'm gonna get the goofy one out of the way. <laughs> Bill and Ted Three has a trailer. Um and I watched the trailer and I thought to myself, Wow. I'm not sure I even wanted this movie, but here's a trailer for it. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I've started thinking about this. I have no remembrance of watching Bill and Ted 2. You're better off. I, I kind of suspected as much. One was very silly, but, and it, it was fine. It was a fun summer movie for kids. Yes. With the occasional adult reference which is fine. But did you think of anything about Bill and Ted three, the trailer?
1: I have not seen Bill and Ted three, the trailer. I am happy and excited for the movie whenever it shows up. But I, I will say this about the Bill and Ted movies. I don't know if there's ever been more truth in advertising than the titles of those films. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Absolutely true. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Absolutely true.
0: <laughs> the titles say everything. Oh, the yes. titles are a yeah. spoiler.
1: Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, Bogus Journey is. Um, it's really bad. It's not good. It is bogus, indeed. Uh, Excellent adventure, though. I was like, man, that's just that's just a great movie. And I don't know what Alex Winter has been doing. Uh, he's been doing some directing and blah 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 whatever, but. Keanu Reeves has become like this beloved figure for more who he is than even what he's been doing on the screen. So a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people are looking forward to this and I am as well, whenever it finally hits. Um,
0: I just realized my notes got garbled. There was a third story stuck in the middle of my notes for the second one. And we'll get this out of the way because it, it kind of goes with Bill and Ted too, and that death is in it, and there's a scythe. And do you know who is now using a scythe as his primary weapon?
1: The Punisher. No.
0: Yosim- or I'm sorry, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, they're remake. They're they're making some yes. new Looney Tunes cartoons. Yes. And they've decided no guns.
1: Yes, I so saw that. So,
0: Elmer, Elmer's getting a scythe. Yosemite <laughs> Sam, who knows what he's going to end up with. But, uh... <laughs> Brown who's the executive producer of the series, has told the New York Times, we're not doing guns, but we can do other cartoony violence. TNT and the ACME stuff. And I'm like, you know, I think the TNT and the ACME stuff might be a bit more than the guns. So,
1: So, so guns... Which will go bang and went bang, and that was wrong. But they're going to do scythes. <laughs> that's That's, so that's
0: this story that I've. So done. that's
1: okay. So Elmer will run up and try to behead Bugs Bunny, but instead Daffy Duck will get it in the neck and be beheaded. Oh my God, that's so lovely. That that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's worse. Have you not? Caught- it's much worse.
0: That's horrifying.
1: Oh, my God. I don't
0: know what they're thinking with that. The, uh, the, <laughs> I mean, the, the two of them, it, not necessarily Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam was, was always the bad guy. And it's kind yes. of hard to tell, but he always did wear a, a black mask. Yes, he over did. Over his eyes. Um, but, yeah, Elmer's Elmer is a hunter. Give him a bow, maybe. I'll, I'll follow you on that. But it, having him with a gun always did make sense, even if oh, gun violence. Yeah, it's Elmer Fudd.
1: Yes, and it's the only
0: guy I know who has a ha, has a worse ability to shoot anything than stormtroopers. I mean, it's
1: <clears throat> right. I mean, basically, the only person he ever shot was other, except for one classic short. The only person he ever <clears throat> killed, and he didn't kill him because he always came back and picked up his bill off the ground and put it back on. It was Daffy. Yeah. Uh, apparently the guy missed the part where the name of the product is Looney Tunes.
0: We're not condoning gun violence, but come on.
1: Yeah. Um, next Tom and Jerry. Jerry Do away Tom, with mouse traps. Yeah. Tom won't have a gigantic mallet that he tries to destroy Jerry with. I mean, yeah, they're cartoons, dude that is just so so and i i know you
0: didn't have this when stupid. you were a kid i didn't have this when i was a kid but whenever i watched looney tunes there was not even the the thing that they have now these cartoons depict uh violence of some kind right don't try this at home i knew this as a kid cuz i'm not yeah. an idiot you know to, if yeah. you have to tell the kids of today these are cartoons don't do this at home
1: yeah, then Duh. then do that, and then you're okay. Uh, oh, and by the way, don't be a rabbit or a duck because you know those are dangerous to don't me too. Don't be
0: a coyote and fall off a cliff. That was the big one when I was a kid. That uh, what?
1: what? Yeah,
0: pretty, pretty, pretty stupid. I, I, um, I grew up in a place that's very flat. Where the hell am I going to find a cliff?
1: But you know, leave it to <coughs> Warner Brothers to make more stupid decisions. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that HBO Max. That's where we're going next. There you go. Take it away.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. You started it. Keep going.
1: No, just the fact that uh, I would imagine part of the draw of the launch of HBO Max would be the DC superhero movies. And they have announced that they are taking several of the biggest DC superhero movies out of rotation in what? Is it six weeks after launch? (laughs) Is it that long? My, maybe it was less. Maybe it's, maybe it's three weeks or four weeks. But it just barely launched. And apparently they have, and I uh, haven't I subscribed, to- and I'm not going to. But apparently there are a lot of issues with the menu, and it's not very well designed, and it's hard to find what you want, and blah, blah, blah. And they're taking out some of the biggest hitters they have <laughs> almost immediately. <laughs> okay,
0: just in you- DC movies, here's the list that's leaving it was there. It's lit. Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Catwoman, Jonah Hex. Really? Um, that they had Jonah Hex in the first place is kind of astounding. The Losers, yeah. steal Teen Titans, Go to the Movies. Uh, the Wonder Woman animated feature, the four Tim Burton, Joel Schulmacher Batman films. Um <clears throat> But that's not all. There's other non-DC films uh that are leaving, uh including the Hobbit Trilogy, Tropic Thunder, Us, and here's one that threw me off, Black Kaka Klansman. And that leads us into the other big pull beca- uh which is Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, part of me gets it because, yes, it's a horribly racist movie. But, you know, let's flip that. There's the whole those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. But if we can't see it, we can't learn from it. So we're going to repeat it. Thing.
1: Gone with the Wind is a little different because they're pulling it to add some framing footage and then they're going to put it back on, which is basically going to say what you just said. It's like, oh, by the way, this is uh, this and, is a bad idea. Yeah, this this isn't uh, <laughs> example from 1939, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so, yeah, you should still watch this film. So they're not actually pulling it permanently; they're just pulling it to put in some framing footage and then put it back on.
0: Okay, that, that's a good thing. I did not know that part.
1: Yeah, which which is a good thing. But does anybody know what they're doing at this freaking company? It's like, okay, maybe they're pulling all these because they have a deal to sell them. To another streaming service, and they'll make more money, which is okay. But it's like, do you not want to push your own streaming service? Did it not occur to you that what did they just wake up on Monday and think, hey, we should do our own streaming service? And then Wednesday, there it is, without any planning whatsoever. Is like maybe we should keep the rights to our own freaking movies. I,
0: uh, what, I'm going to make just this worse.
1: unbelievable.
0: Let's let's make this worse. Please this, do. this is a the the. the Gone with the wind thing, mm-hmm. not thought through in the slightest, right? Because it, and I, admittedly, I did not know this. This had to be pointed out to me because I'm not a big Gone with the Wind fan. No mm-hmm. figure, <clears throat> but the movie won eight Oscars at the 12th annual Academy Award. 12th, they're on what 5,000 Academy Awards now? Yes. But it won, one of the uh, awards it won was Best Supporting Actress won by Hattie McDaniel, who is the Correct. first <clears throat> the first black person to win an Academy mm-hmm. Award. Mm-hmm. Then it was pointed out to me that this was pulled off HBO Max on June 10th. Hattie McDaniel's 127th birthday. <laughs> with all the crap that's going on right now with uh, the the Black Lives Matters moment movement, <clears throat> could you have picked a worse time to? I mean, like I said, I kind of get pulling this film, but at the same time, it's historically significant uh, and, for all communities, really.
1: Um, and by the way.
0: Black KKK Klansman was the other thing that really threw me off because that is an a- literally an anti-KKK move me, move, movie, mm-hmm. which is the way the, enti- the most of the country that has a brain is moving yeah. right now. And you pull it, which yeah. I, I don't get.
1: Which, by the way, Black <clears throat> Klansman and Gone to the Wind are both available on lots of streaming services. True. Uh, basically, the only thing it's not going to be available on. In the company that owns them. So, oh, so smart. So, so, so smart. El Brillante. Mm. Oh, you know what
0: else got canceled this week? I thought this was, actually, I thought this was weird.
1: Space Force, please. Both versions. No. Uh,
0: close, because it seems to be about as competent these days. Cops. Yes. I thought cops had been canceled years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently I'm wrong And I'm thinking yeah, now more than ever Cameras following cops It might be a good idea But then again everyone has cell phones now So there's that
1: Yeah um, Damn Yeah and I don't remember If it was PD Live or Live PD But something that yep. had just been launched Also cancelled uh, There's talk of a lot Of fictional Fictional cop shows are going to be canceled um which yeah, i don't really care so much about the fictional cop shows it depends on how oh they're depicted but you know
0: what there was a story that i wasn't going to do here you know, cuz i did this on the Nikki X thing yesterday
1: mm-hmm. the
0: uh there was a a big petition going around to get Shows that depict good cops canceled uh, hmm. because there aren't any good cops anymore, which which is there are still good cops. There's all yes. there's bad cops, too. I, but removing the good cop shows. But the thing at the top of that list that they said, we absolutely need to get rid of this show that shows good cops was Paw Patrol. <laughs> Okay. But really? Really are are you absolutely are you absolutely sure? Um cuz damn that that just having that on there if you don't know Paw Patrol is about dogs. It's a it's a cartoon on Maybe. is it Nickelodeon that has it I think. Maybe. My kids have outgrown it, thankfully. Um <laughs> Yeah, I it made me laugh when I I saw that, though. I thought, that's just ridiculous. Um, <sighs> yeah. It made me laugh like a hyena. <laughs> that's, that's that's the best segue I'm going to get into the
1: into the that's, reviews. That was a quite a tasty segue. So, yes, we are going to kick off our reviews. And if I could come remotely close to speaking Chinese, I would try the Chinese title, but I'm not going to because I can't. And I would just butcher it horribly. So... The first movie I'm going to talk about is The Fearless Hyena. So we're going away from <clears throat> the serious topics for a bit. Uh, this is a Jackie Chan film. It is wonderful. It has excellent action. It is very funny. But it's more than a Jackie Chan film. This is the first movie that he directed as, long, as well as starred in. It's from 1979. It, it is available on several streaming services. I watched it on... The Criterion Channel, which I was very surprised to find this there, but they celebrate wonderful films of all types. And here it was. It's like, it's also available on Prime, stuff like that. The premise is the premise of probably three quarters of all the martial arts films you've ever seen. And if you haven't seen them, start, start watching some. So Jackie Chan is just this happy-go-lucky kind of a country bumpkin because he plays those in half of half his movies so they're in half of the movies he's a good cop Uh, in this one he's not a cop he's just some dude he is he does practice martial arts he practices them with his grandfather and his grandfather is a harsh master always on him to practice his skills get better but not to show his skills out in the public because he doesn't want anyone to steal their 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 secret techniques stuff like that so and jackie's kind of a goof because jackie typically is a goof again this is 1979 so this is young jackie chan and he gets in fights because he's jackie chan and he wins the fights easily etc etc and he winds up because he's always broke he winds up working for A guy who has a martial arts academy, except it's a fake martial arts academy. The guy doesn't know a damn thing about martial arts. So he goes there and he is their master. But the guy pretends that he's the master. So they take on challenges and he has Jackie who is typically dressed as like he's he's the janitor of the school uh, just to show is like, oh, look, this is our worst guy. This is just some guy who works here. He's not even a student. And he goes and beats the heck out of everybody and blah, blah, blah. We go back to the very beginning where they showed evil dudes beating up and killing people. They are on the search for their rival, who turns out, to, of course, to be Jackie's grandfather. And eventually they catch up to his grandfather. Bad things happen. And now Jackie goes away from the comedic aspect of the film to the more serious revenge aspect of the film, which... Basically, that's the Jackie Chan plot in like half of his movies. Uh, The fight scenes in this are excellent. Now, it's not the Bruce Lee style or the Donnie Yen style where it's more realistic. It's still, there's no wire work, so no one's flying through the air like 10,000 feet. Uh, Except Jackie, on occasion, he may jump 10,000 feet because he's Jackie Chan, because he's nuts. Uh, So it's more stylized fighting. with, with, With... I don't know what the foliagors use for the sound effects as they would have like two bricks or two watermelons striking each other. I mean, because there's always like these huge smashing sounds every time there's a strike of any kind, which is part of the charm of the films. Yeah. But the fighting's excellent, choreography is just terrific. <clears throat> there are some action scenes, not to the extent that we're used to seeing uh, from Jackie. But there, there are some like he does not jump off a balcony and grab a string of Christmas lights and slide down like literally 100 feet because he's insane. So he's not that crazy in in this film. But the fight scenes are wonderful. And he does use a lot of his props uh, where the the classic thing that he'll do is that he'll be fighting on a bench and he'll be going into all weird different positions on the bench. And he'll use the bench as a weapon and he'll be back rolling on the bench. I mean, just the choreography is just excellent. There's a fight scene with chopsticks. Uh, they're not actually fighting. They're just fighting over, uh, hmm, looks like a, a wonton that they might be fighting over. He and, his, he and his master. And he keeps on trying to get the wonton from his master and the master won't let him get him. So they're t- stealing it back and forth with chopsticks. This goes on for three minutes. An action fighting scene with chopsticks. It's amazing because Jackie freaking Chan.
0: <coughs> well, yeah.
1: Uh, the one thing, th- two things that surprised me, uh, there's at one point where he comes out in drag because Jackie Chan's crazy. And so they have the fight scene and he has to constantly readjust his breasts because they move in different, uh, areas of his body. Um,
0: not, not that transvesticism people are crazy,
1: by the way. No, but Jackie Chan is. Yeah. And it's absolutely hilarious fight scene because the guy doesn't realize that because the guy won't fight Jackie at first because, Oh, he's this cute girl. Jackie looks really good by the way in, in drag. And uh, then of course, <laughs> you got once that th- from Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Once <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Once <laughs> things start changing, it's like, Oh, now I'm going to beat you up. And this guy's huge. Uh, but of course, Jackie wins. Spoiler alert. It's Jackie Chan, you know, uh, but at one point, Jackie takes off his his shirt. Dude, Jackie Chan was ripped like an animal. I mean, yep. you've seen Jackie Chan without a shirt in most movies, and most of the movies that we've seen Jackie Chan in were much later. He's already in his 40s. I mean, he's always in good shape. But if you've ever seen the movie Way of the Dragon, which was released as return of the dragon. Cause it actually was released here after Enter the dragon Bruce Lee's best movie in my book. There's a scene where he's just, he's just exercising. He's working out and he, and he, turns his back to the camera and he just like spreads his shoulders. And it's like, he has a six inch waist and 90 inch shoulders. I mean, it's just, the guy was absolutely ripped yeah. He was in that freaking animal. Jackie Chan looks like that. He has like a 12 pack like holy crap and, and obviously he's always been in good shape but it's like dude you're the freaking beast no wonder you can do all this stuff it was just kind of a fun moment and it wasn't it wasn't like uh, some vanity shot I mean uh, that's just it's going to happen at some point Your shirt's going to be ripped off or whatever but the action is excellent there's no crazy huge action scenes that we expect from Jackie Chan but there are some action scenes there's Tons of comedy. Uh, We definitely have the satisfying ending where he fights the the lead villain. Uh, Oh, and as far as the title, again, there's the gimmick where he has this secret cool family technique. And in this case, it's not drunken boxing, which that's uh, another whole line of Jackie Chan films. Uh, This is the fearless hyena where when someone punches you like in the solar plexus or tries to remove your kidneys you just laugh it off as if you're being tickled uh the fearless hyena and that's how he gets through his big climactic fight by uh absorbing blows that would probably kill a rhino and just laughing and then fighting back so yeah awesome wonderful cool funny movie the fearless hyena and it's available, like, all over the interwebs.
0: See, as opposed to the <clears throat> the thing I watched, which is available currently only on Disney Plus.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's also new, as it, which is very strange to say these days. It, it, and yes, I knew I mean it came out this past Friday. And it was supposed to be a big Disney tentpole movie. But it's a good thing it's not, because the tent would have collapsed. I am talking about... (laughs) It had its moments, folks. Artemis Fowl, which one of the first things you see in this film is a Kenneth Branagh film. And the first thing I thought was, really? Oh, I did not realize that, or if I did, I'd forgotten. Maybe it's not as bad as all the things I heard about it. Well... (laughs) let's give you some background a bit Uh, Artemis Fowl is apparently a thief he lives in Ireland okay but the film starts with a character named Mulch Diggins (laughs) I didn't name him he's played by Josh Gad although who is a friend of Artemis but he looks like Hagrid and Gimli had a homeless kid (laughs) It's, it's not a good look Uh, He's arrested and taken to MI6 for interrogation, and he and he from there he narrates the entire story, for some reason with Connor McLeod's voice. (laughs) (laughs) I did not get that part. If you you know, and if you don't know Connor McLeod, look up the Highlander films; it's a thing. Um,
1: it's a thing. Anyway, he
0: tells the MI6 people it's not the father that set all this stuff up; it's the son. Ooh, maybe there's something about the kids. So we get a flashback to the kids surfing in Ireland, surfing in uh, right into a cliff. <laughs> Look out, kid! There's a cl- oh wait, there's a beach. It's over there. Okay, he'll be fine. But that was my first thought because he jumped off a cliff with his surfboard, and I thought you're going to come back into the no bad idea, bad <laughs> bad idea. Um. <clears throat> anyway. Artemis Fowl Jr. is a wunderkind. Uh, he designed an opera house and cloned a goat and 5 billion other things by the age of 10. He's very smart. Okay, fine. Uh, his mom died. Uh-oh. His dad leaves a lot. Oh, no, I'm getting Batman vibes. <laughs> um, And people think he's unbalanced, but no, he's just really smart. It starts off with him in a scene with a shrink, and the shrink says you've done all these wonderful things, but how about your feelings? And uh, Artemis goes, you're a twit, gets up and leaves. And I thought, good. Um, it's basically just a lot of really smart people trying to hold him back. But his dad is not one of them. His dad is Colin Farrell, not to be related to Will Farrell, I would think. <clears throat> just pointing that out. Anyway, dad mm-hmm. teaches him everything about the mythology of Ireland. And the kid believes, but, but what he really wants to believe in is his father.
1: Oh, that's so
0: <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Um, Harsh. I, well, I'm sorry. Basically, he's Sherlock Jr., only this time he's a thief that believes in magic. Okay, fine. Now, he has an overpriced butler named Dom Butler. But don't call him the butler. Call him anything, including the guy, big guy in a suit. Okay, and he taught okay. Artie Junior martial arts and all this other stuff. So basically, he's Batman's Alfred and Rachel Al Ghoul in one kind of sumo wrestler looking guy. He does have a good look. I'll tell you this, he he, he does.
1: That's good.
0: But uh, Artie Senior disappears, and Junior sees on CNN that. <gasps> Artie Sr. is a big thief and a criminal mastermind and all this other things. And Artie Jr. has a cow. Dom, they can't do this to my dad. What are we going to do? And then the phone rings. So, of course, Artie goes and answers the phone. And it's a mysterious voice that says they have Artie Sr. And Artie Jr. has three days to retrieve the Aculus, Whatever the hell that is. We'll get to it later. Okay, good. That Artie Sr. stole from Mysterious Voice Person, and it turns out he didn't. Um, no, he well, wouldn't. he did steal it, just not from Mysterious Voice Person. So, anyway, Dom at this point decides to show Artie Jr. the Bat Cave. <gasps> yes, yes, it's a Bat Cave, only there's not a pole to slide down, and you don't tilt Shakespeare's head back, which is always a bit disconcerting. Anyway, in the Batcave, we find out that Artie Sr. does steal things. He steals relics and magic things from the magic world to keep the whole world safe. Because people in the magic world might want to use it for evil. And people in the human world will want to use it for evil. So he protects the relics. Oh, look, we have a plot. And we're about 15 minutes in, and it turns out, well, the fairies, the fairies must have kidnapped him. And there's a quote in a book, it's time to believe. So I do believe in fairies. I do, I do, I do not care. Um, (laughs) I'm telling you all this stuff, and I'm trying to make it sound good, but it's not. Um, Then we go to the fairies, and the fairies live in an underground Place called Haven City, which looks like Bespin if you put it underground. Tech everywhere hover cars and spaceships and all this stuff. Uh, lots of people wandering around that look like either Jawas or Dobbies or Goblins or Orakai. And a lot of people look like Christopher Eccleston's Malkiath from Thor, 2, because that's why. Disney bought the Marvel Universe so they could make everything look like Malkiah. Mm. <clears throat> oh, look, Judy Dench is in the movie. She's in charge of the fairy cops. All right. And I, I've heard of people doing a lot of things to get into the role they're playing, but Judy Dench sounded like she started chain smoking to get this part, and I don't like it.
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so. All righty, then. The plot is we have to figure out what the Aculus is. It's a big, magical, all-powerful thing that the fairies had. Okay. And look, here's where things start to fall apart a bit. It's still a fun film, but here's just a a a sampling. We like fun films. Something escaped from fairy world and got up to the real world. And so they sent a fairy cop. If you're listening to this in the UK, I truly apologize for all of these references because you can take it the other way entirely. And no, Graham Norton did not make an appearance in this, although he should have, (laughs) because I'm sorry, Irish fairies. How can you pass that up? Anyway, I love Graham Norton, by the way. mm, So mm. the fairies send a fairy cop to the surface to look for something that's escaped. Here's your orders. Do not engage. By the way, you should capture it. Huh? Uh, Do not let people see you, but we're not going to give you one of these cloaking devices we have lying around. What? Huh? Um, Anyway, the thing that escapes apparently is a troll which attacks a human girl at a wedding. So, of course, the fairy intervenes. And then a lot of other fairies show up and they do the MIB thing with mind wipes and time freezes. And you'd think they'd replace some of the collateral damage, but they don't
1: you'd think they would so
0: basically the humans get untime frozen and their memories have been wiped and all they know is we were at a wedding and now everything's a bit messed up how did that happen we don't know we've all got amnesia and apparently they forgot one guy because they're they're all looking around going ooh what's what happened and all of a sudden someone falls from a great height in the background ah <clears throat> how did Steve get up there there's not even a building that high. It's it's the little things in this film that they, they forgot to do. It is little things. Um, you know, if you're paying attention, there's lots of contradictory stuff. Like, toward the end, and this is not really a spoiler. It's just something to look for, because it's not it, – maybe it is a spoiler. Anyway, Josh Gad stole the MacGuffin. No, I'm sorry. It's not the MacGuffin. What is it? It's the uh, the Yeah. <laughs> And he, here's the thing. He stole it. He ran away. He hasn't been on screen for about 10 minutes. Then there's some magic and Artemis has it. And all I can think of is this old Bruce Lee iced tea commercial with the, the karate kid. <gasps> How did you get that brisk iced tea? Editing mistake in my favor. Only fool fight man with brisk. That It's that kind of a, a an error only... <clears throat> It's not an (laughs) error. Um, Okay, Josh Gad. I'm going to explain his name. Mulch Diggins. Apparently dwarves are really good at digging. Okay, fine. Here's the thing we did not need. So once this scene starts, you can just kind of turn, you know, fast forward, turn it off, whatever. I'm going to describe it, though. Please. Dwarves dig by pulling their jaw really, really big so they have an enormous mouth. And that's how they dig, is they eat the dirt, but they don't store it all in their gut, and it's gotta go somewhere. I'll let you figure out where on your own. And yes, that's what they do with it. <laughs> that is unnecessary. That is. Absolutely. Um, as was Artemis Fowl Jr.'s suit. I know it's supposed to be precious, but it comes across as precocious, and I'm sorry, but no. Now, there are some good lines in this film. Uh, Josh Gad has a spectacular line where he's trying to explain that fairies and everything exist. And uh, it's, most humans are afraid of gluten. Imagine how they'd handle goblins. I think that's a good line. I like (laughs) that. But then you follow it up with... Foley, the cross-dressing high-tech centaur, which, Ooh. I'm sorry, he's, he's, a. He's, a, he's a centaur, but he, and he wears a skirt hmm, on his front legs. Nothing on the back legs, where things that you might want to cover up would be, just on his front. You know what? Whatever. Um, There's a lot of product placement in that. Everything was apparently made by Alienware happen to notice that after the product placement last week <clears throat> anyway so with all t- to sum up with all the production and the cast and the budget this movie should have been better instead it's just kind of eh it's a meh buster and about 75 percent of it was not bad But I don't think you could have rushed the ending anymore if you had played Tom Sawyer and the Spirit of Radio on top of it. (laughs) I mean, damn, a bit of an explanation here would be nice because they just ran through what had to be the last half of the book in 10 minutes. And I know stuff was left out. And now it's set up to be a series. But after what you did with this one, I can't see it happening Um, It wasn't horrible, but the ending was so unsatisfying because you even with all the glitches and dirt shooting out of Josh Gad's ass, which was still something that I had trouble sleeping about last night. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's just it was not satisfying. By the way, here is a spoiler. I'm not sure we ever actually figure out who the bad guy is. I did watch the movie, <laughs> but at the end of it, I'm like still wearing a hood, still wearing a mask. And yeah, if you're going to set up, here's the bad guy from the next movie, but we're not going to tell you who it is. Really? Really? Are, are you, I don't think that's how you, you, you were meant to end it. Or maybe it was, I haven't read the
1: books. I think it was Josh Gad in a diaper, he was wearing it on his face
0: that I wish he had just kept it on his ass. That sounds kind of horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying and was completely unnecessary, especially since the camera was pointed. they shoot mm. the dirt at you i'll I'll leave it at that.
1: mm, fun.
0: thanks. Did't need that.
1: Uh, mm, yeah, that sounds that rather one scene.
0: I think I might watch it again if it weren't for that one bit. And now that I know that one bit is there, I don't want to watch this again.
1: That's that's the joy of watching things at home. You can fast forward. If you know it's there. And now
0: you do, we watch movies so you don't have to. <laughs> this is a scene I don't think anybody wanted to see.
1: Yes. Uh, I am going to... In pre-pro, we discussed that I was going to review one film. I'm just going to mention it as one of the films everybody should be watching. Yes. Uh, and then I'm going to review something that no one should watch, which goes back into the our motto of we watch movies so you don't have to. I'm just going to touch on this. This is called The Black Power Mixtape, 1967-1975. It's a documentary uh, which came out... Uh, 2011. 2011. But the footage was shot, oh, surprise, in between 1967 and 1975. This is a documentary which is strung together. It's a lot of interviews and pieces that Swedish journalists had made from, oh, surprise, 1967 and 1975, documenting black power in the United States. So there is footage of Martin Luther King. There's footage of Stokely Carmichael, Angela Davis, And then there are voiceovers of interviews with people who are are still with us. And uh, in some cases, people who may not have been known as uh, icons or symbols of black power then, but are certainly invested in that now, like eh, Questlove. So it's just... The reason I'm not going to review it is because it's it's a documentary and it talks about the struggle of African-Americans to have a voice in this country. And obviously that's still going on. And in the 60s, uh, it was even tougher. Um, And this is available for free on probably every streaming service you can name. I initially found it on Amazon Prime. Uh, one thing that I'm happy to see is that streaming services are have a lot of films about uh, the struggle of African-Americans uh, that are available for free. Just click on, and usually it's in their opening banner on like all of them now. So whether you look at easy Amazon Prime or Netflix or Apple TV, Google, whatever. It, a Actually, lot of- Google
0: <clears> – <throat> Google, iTunes, and YouTube are still making you pay, but no more than three ninety nine. dollars hmm. They suck. Yes, well,
1: they a lot of the th- things they are available for free, which is, which is very cool. But the Black Power Mixtape, if you want to get an idea of why people are angry, uh, an, an huh. excellent choice to see this. Um, and it's a very interesting perspective with the Swedish journalists because they're coming in as... <clears throat> uh, this is weird. What's going on in the United States? Let's go find out. So it's a different perspective, which is which is very interesting. The interviews with Angela Davis, for me in particular, were uh, really hard-hitting and just must-see viewing. Uh, unfortunately, the people who must see it aren't going to watch it, and that's the sad, saddest part of all of this. But ab- absolutely recommend the Black Power Mixtape. Uh, again, available like on a lot of different streaming services. Uh, I'm going to go in a little more in depth to something that you shouldn't see, that I watched all 10 episodes of, Uh-oh. and you should not. I'm talking about Space Force. Now, there is a version of Space Force which is worse than the Netflix series, and that is the actual Space Force because, yeah, we absolutely need to go to war in space. Cause that makes total sense. So space force is developed by Steve Carell and Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels developed the office, the American version, which is one of my favorite series ever because it's hilarious, beautiful writing, great acting, uh, two things that are missing from space force. I'll, I'll start at the top. Uh, Steve Carell plays the general who is in charge of space force. So he's basically the straight man that everything revolves around. Why on earth do you take Steve Carell and then make him the straight man? Now, granted, he was kind of the straight man in The Office, but he was so weird that he he thought he was the straight man, but he wasn't, and that's what made the character work because he was an absolute a sublimely idiotic, Bizarre person, but he thought he was this wonderful leader of people. Well, in Space Force, he's closer to a wonderful leader of, per- of people. He does have some funny lines. There is some dry humor to the to the show. But there's a character in Space Force, Brad. Brad is oh dear Steve Carell's adjutant. He's his he's his assistant, his secretary, whatever you want to call him. He's his adjutant. He is a total goofball. He always has these weird off the cuff, odd lines. He has just strange behaviors. It's like, how on earth did it not occur to you to have Steve Carell play Brad and have Brad play a bigger role in the show and just swap the actors. I don't, I don't, i is this a character actor. He's been around a long time. Just have him play the guy. And it wouldn't be the lead general, which I can't recall the name. Cause it's not important because the show sucks. Uh, (laughs) and just have that guy be the one who's the interact who has the, the straight lines, basically. I will say this for, uh, there is a good thing coming. I'm going to save that for a little bit. One of the things that bothers me about space force is the casting, which I already mentioned. Steve Carell is horribly miscast It's like, yeah, let's take this excellent comedic actor and make sure that he's not very funny. Brilliant move. Uh, there is an actress who plays his teenage daughter who's in her senior year in high school. And she's extremely mad because they left Washington DC to be posted way out in some small town in Colorado. Cause that's where space force is headquartered. Uh If you're going to cast an actress to play a high school student, don't cast someone who looks like they're 25, which by the way, she is 25. <laughs> she's, she's, I mean, she's funny. She's good. She doesn't have that many funny lines, but that's not the character. But okay, if you really like the actress in the uh, auditions, make her a college student. How hard is that? For God, the, nothing in the thing revolves around the fact that she's in high school. Nothing. They could have made her a high, uh, college student. Everything would have worked perfectly.
0: But but Might in season not- two, they're going to make it make the prom theme. Uh, uh, Space Force.
1: Yeah. I mean, my God, how stupid is that? It just, it's really irritating when they cast people who look like they got out of college 20 years ago. And not that that's the case here, but it's like, oh, they're high school students. It's like, yeah, you can see that in movies in the 60s. This is, what is this, 2020? The year of the devil, apparently. Uh, but, dude, how could you make, screw that casting up? They also have Lisa Kudrow, who I don't particularly care for as an actress. And apparently her deal was to work about six hours. I don't mean like be in six hours of a 10 hour show. I mean, work about six hours. There are several episodes that she's not in at all. Um, So why bother getting Lisa Kudrow? I, I, I seriously think, she probably has 20 minutes of time in the entire series. What was the point other than to like, Oh, look, we've got this person from cheers. And it's like, come on friends, friends. Sorry. Uh, didn't really care for either of those series. So there you go. Oh yeah. Uh, but both of those are infinitely. And I mean, infinitely better than space force. Now I'll come to the reason that you might want to try to watch it. And it's not a terrible show. It's an okay show. But when you have Steve Carell and the creator of The Office, you need to make a really good show. Or at least a good show. And it's not a good show. But John Malkovich Uh plays the lead scientist in this. He is the antagonist with Steve Carell because... Malkovich thinks space is for science and exploration and the benefit of all mankind. Now, Steve Carell is not like a militaristic, gung ho, crazy dude. So he's kind of balancing off against the president, who is not named, but he clearly is our current president because he's a nut job. Uh, so they still have battles, Malkovich and Steve Carell's character. Malkovich is awesome in this show. He is. Full-on Malkovich. Uh, he is eccentric, he is weird, he is forceful. he has I, either he had his own writer because he is the only person who has consistently has funny lines, or he just wrote his own damn lines because his character is hilarious. He deserves a show that people will watch because this show is not worth watching, sadly. So do yourself a favor. I don't know if it's out there yet. I'm sure it is. And if not, it will be soon. Go to YouTube. Look for a supercut of Malkovich in Space Force. You'll see the only parts of Space Force which are worth watching, which is the tirades of John Malkovich, which show up in virtually every episode. Uh, It does end on a cliffhanger uh if if god is nice and good and just uh there will not be a second season so ooh, so sad we won't find out what happened to that group on the moon and frankly if you care (laughs) i have no idea why you would care because all those characters are just blah they're not terrible characters but there's nothing to those characters uh that's a big part of the the problem with this show there's Other than Malkovich and Steve Carell, who at least has some depth to his character, they're about the only characters that are remotely interesting. So horribly miscast, terrible writing. The only way they should bring this show back is if they fire every writer, except for whoever's writing for Malkovich. Demote Steve Carell's character so he can be funny. Maybe he'll have a psychotic break and he'll be interesting. Because the movie is, this movie, I'm sorry, this series is just not good. This is, this is the Netflix version of Artemis Fowl. It's something that people were looking forward to greatly and are just gonna be greatly disappointed. So please save yourself 10 hours. Do not watch Space Force. Ugh.
0: Let's see. Uh, this week, watch Fearless Hyena, watch totally. the Black's Power mixtape. Totally. Skip the other two. Yes. And if you want to watch Gone with the Wind, you can do it on something that's not HBO Max. Indeed. And, if and you so want to watch you Looney watch. Tunes, get the DVDs, they're uncut and
1: and wonderful. Elmer still has a gun. And amazing. Absolutely.
0: And that's the end of our show for this week. COVID nineteen still exists, so stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp
1: engine. I think we should be leaving now. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed! Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. My country.